0: First of all, I want to say that I am honored to be here. Uh, it's been a while since I've been, been spoke here at Holly Pond. But my name is uh, Forrest Calhoun, and I am a nobody who said yes to somebody. I'm a nobody who said yes to somebody, and you can too. And that's what this series is about, is, is you saying yes to somebody so that you can do great things. Okay. Now, this series is titled Courage, Conviction, Conviction. And calling, Okay, so let's go to our foundational scripture. It's in Ezekiel 22, chapter 22, verse 23 through 31. Before we read, I'm going to give a little context of what this story is about. So in this scripture that I'm about to read, that we're about to read together, God is looking for certain people. He is looking for people to build the walls up of righteousness and to stand in the gap. Now, as we read, he couldn't find the people in this scripture. But there's hope. He's still looking, and there's still people like me and you out there that he can still find. So let's go ahead and go to our scripture. It says, again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give the people of Israel this message. In the day of my indignation, you will be like uh, a polluted land, a land without rain. Your princesses plotted conspiracies Just as lions stalk their prey, they devour innocent people, seasoned treasures and extorting wealth. They make many widows in the land. Your priests have violated my instructions and defile my holy things. They make no distinction between what is holy and what is not. And they do not teach my people the difference between what is ceremonially clean and unclean. They disregard my Sabbath days so that I am dishonored among them. Your leaders are like wolves who tear apart their victims. They actually destroy people's lives for money. And your prophets cover up uh, for them by announcing false visions and making lying predictions. They say, my message is from the sovereign Lord when the Lord hasn't spoken a single word to them. Even common people oppress the poor, rob the needy, and deprive foreigners of justice. Verse 30, pay attention to this one. I look for someone who might rebuild the walls of righteousness that guards the land. I search for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. Verse 31, so now I will pour out my fury on them, consuming them with the fire of my anger. I will heap on their heads the full penalty of all their sins. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. I don't know about you, but when I read that, and Pastor Keith did on this last week too, is that when you read that, you can see a little bit of today's world in that, right? The governments, and not just our government, other governments too. The higher powers, right? They they do things for money, not for our good, right? We see these things in our world, so we can't depend on higher powers, or so, so the government, or or anything like that to stand in the gap and build the walls. God is looking for someone like you and me, the church, right? He's looking for the church to build the walls. This is why we need courage, conviction, and the calling, because God is looking for men and women to rebuild the walls and stand in the doubt. Okay, what walls are we talking about, right? We're talking about walls of righteousness, walls of hope, walls of love, walls of godliness, God, walls of faith. That's the walls we're trying to rebuild. The walls that the church builds; those walls up, and we stand in the gap with the courage, conviction, and the calling. Watch out; the world will notice. Now we talked about courage. I'm going to recap a little bit, right? Courage, right? When you think of courage, or when I think of courage, you know who I think of in the Bible? The first person that pops my mind. Anybody got a guess? King David. King David, we sung a song, there was a song, I think it was a second one, talk about, you know, we may not have uh, giants like Goliath, but we have giants in our own life. King David had the courage to stand up to a giant and said, I have the Lord on my side. He took that stone, and what did he do? He knocked him down, took the sword, severed his head. He was victorious because he had the courage of God on his side. Right? Joshua 1.9. We have our bracelets, right? Y'all know the scripture? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I don't know about you, but that gives me hope. Wherever I go, right, the Lord is with me. Wherever I go, the Lord is with me. Now, we talked about last week conviction, right? Conviction. Conviction. Not just conviction when we do wrong, right? Conviction of what is right, the right standard of living. That's the conviction we should have. Because it's easy as Christians to say, okay, oh, I messed up. We all, Romans 3.23, we all fall short of the glory of God, right? It's easy when we fall short to have the conviction. Oh, no, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. But if we just have the conviction when we do wrong, we're going to keep doing wrong because our focus is on that and not on what is right. We should have the conviction to stand up for what is right. You know who I think of in the Bible? One of the first persons that popped my mind? There's plenty. I'm going to share two people. One is Esther. Esther. You know what she did? Her people was in trouble, and the king could set them free, and she knew what was right, and she knowingly stood before the king, knowing that she could have her life taken like that. But she had the conviction of righteousness, and she stood in the gap. And what happened? The people were set free. Another person, Joseph, Joseph, right, uh, uh, the eleventh son, I believe, of of of, uh, uh, Jacob. Yeah, if you don't know the story, he was sold into slavery, and he became a servant. I can't say his name, but anyways, he became a, uh, uh, a slave to one of the Egyptians. And his wife tried to sleep with him, and he had the conviction of God, and he said, "No, that is not right," and he fled. And in the immediate, it looked like, oh no, his life's in trouble. He got thrown in prison and all that. But the way the story worked out is that because of his conviction of God, God used him to become second command of Egypt. And, it, and if you don't know the story, Joseph had a vision when he lived at home that uh, he was gonna, his brothers and stuff was going to bow down to him. He didn't know what that meant, but it all came to fruition because he had the conviction of God. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the calling today. So what is calling and why do we need to understand our calling, right? Our calling is our purpose, our mission, and our reason for living. Okay, understanding your calling is very, very important. Because you can have the courage like King David... To take down giants. You can have the conviction of Joseph, but if you don't understand your calling, you can be spending your time on the wrong path, not doing what God has called you to do. Right? Now, there are some good things in life that, that we are live for, like some examples of, of family, right? So, not just family, not just money, not just a good life. You can be chasing those things, climbing the ladders. Oh, I want a good family. We all want a good family. Oh, I I want some money so I don't have to uh, uh, suffer. We all want that. We all want a good life. But my point on that is that if that is what you're chasing, it may not be what God's called you to do. Now, here's the good thing. God knows your needs. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek thee first the kingdom of God, and all the things be added unto thee. So we seek God first and, and say, God, what is my calling? All these other things will be added onto these. So the good life we want, the resources such as money and, and other things that we have access to, and, and a good family, those things will be added onto these. But our job isn't to be chasing those things. Our job is to be chasing God. All right, so let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 through 10. Therefore, I remind you to stir up, stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. Verse 10 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. I want to go back to verse uh, uh, 6 right there. Uh, stir up. As I was reading that, I was chewing on that. I was like, God, what do you, you want to say there? And, and he got me... <laughs> I have a lot of imagery, right, when I study sometimes. And the image she gave me is when you're cooking, you have a boiling pot of food. You can put the ingredients in, and it'll come to a boil. But if you don't stir it, it's done. It's cooked, right? But if you stir it, it cooks a little longer. If you stir it, it cooks a little longer. If you stir it, it cooks longer. So stir up the gift of God's the gift that God has given you, right? So let's pause on verse 7 and let's recognize what God just said. He has given us a gift. We have the power of God, guys, the power of God, the power of love, the love of God, and of a sound mind, right? That encourages me to know that. Now, I'm a big superhero fan, I know, Pastor Keith likes Captain America. Uh, but it, it intrigues me when I watch superheroes. Some of them I like better than others, but that's besides the point. But it intrigues me because you watch it as a kid, even as adults. adult. Sometimes I have a 9-year-old, about a 10-year-old. We like to like we Spider-Man, like Captain America, Thor, all that. Oh, it's so cool to have superpowers. Yeah, we can do this and this. Shoot laser beam in our eyes, you know. The reality is those things are cool. But those superpowers only save physical lives. The superpower that God has given each of us, the gift of God, that's the power that saves souls. And that's better than any superpower that we see on movies and TV shows. The power to win souls. And when we use the gift of God, not just in our individual lives, but together as a church, there's an old song by Crowder, Run, Devil, Run. Amen. Uh, verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me the sufferings for the gospels according to the power of God. Okay, i want to read that one more time. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospels according to the power of of God. Uh, one common denominator that we see through this scripture, right? Through this series, is we need courage, conviction, and calling because there is suffering and following Jesus. Uh, we live here in America. We have the privilege to have a Bible, to have the full Word of God, to have electronics that has the Bible. We have the privilege to study. We have the privilege to come together. We have the privilege and honor to have the resources at our hand for the Word of God, to, to bury that in our heart. But there are other countries out there, lives, if you're a Christian, they're going to kill you. They are hiding and running for their lives for the faith of God, right? And they don't even have a full Bible. Gosh, hit on this last week too. They may just have a, a, a piece of scripture, right? And they're being chased down and hunted. Here, we've got some suffering. We're not there yet, and, and one day we might be. But here, we may be made fun of, called silly, called whatever the name. But you know what? I'd rather be made fun of, hunted down, and killed, and, and have the suffering of Christ knowing that, you know what? My life here on earth is temporary. My life with Him, my Lord, my Savior, is eternal. So there may become a day that we we may not have all these things. So don't be afraid. Have courage, right? That's why we need the courage. That's why we need the conviction. That's why we need to understand our calling. Verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling? Not according to our works but according to his purpose and grace which is given to us in Christ Jesus before time again. Verse 10, but, n- how, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immorality and light through the gospel. Jesus' death brings forth life. We are called to bring forth life, right? The walls of righteousness. That's what our job is. Uh, The next point says, We have all been saved and called with a holy calling. A holy calling is a calling that sets us apart for God. Not from God, but for God. The universal calling for all believers is to first follow Jesus. And then to represent Jesus in our world. The calling of Christianity starts from follow me immediately and to represent me. Now, an example God gave me is uh, I'm a big sports guy, mainly football, so I'm going to use football as an example. There is on a team and there's different levels, so the, uh, there's, there's pros, there's college. But on pros, there's 53 men on one team, okay? College, there could be 50, there could be 100, there could be as many. High school, the same, depending on where you're at. And on that team, there are only 11 people at a time that can start. Only 11 people that can start. Okay, here's what I want to paint. The 53 people show up. They practice. They do the drills. They tackle. They catch. They run. They sweat. Right? They grind together. They're a team. All 53 people show up. Now, I'm going to call that the fundamentals of Christianity. Okay? Read your word, pray, worship, fundamentals. But here's the thing. When you look at a team, a sports team, whether it's basketball or whatever, you don't hear about the 53 men. You hear about the starters, the 11 men on offense, the 11 men on defense, the 11 men on special teams, the five men on basketball. That's who you're interested in. You know why? Because those starters represent the team. They represent the team, okay? Now, in sports, the the, the 11 or whatever, they all represent. But in Christianity, we all are on the starting lineup. We all represent the team, okay? But here's the thing. Some of us represent the team well. Those are the people who go beyond, above and beyond, of the fundamentals. In sports, that's the starters, Christianity, the ones that go above and beyond, and, and have the courage, have the conviction, and know their calling, and are walking in their calling, they represent well. Okay? Now the other ones are represent not so well. But there's hope. There is hope. And that is that you can have a personal relationship with Jesus and you can seek his face and you can get in his presence and you say, God, I may be weak. I may be afraid, but God, you give me courage. God, I may not know what is right, but show me what is right so I can have the conviction of do, to do what is right. God, I may not know my calling, but God, you know what? I'm going to seek you, and I'm going to know my calling, and I'm going to start walking. Then you step in from following me to representing me well. Matthew, let's go to the next scripture. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 19, then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let's go to John chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I want to pause there in this 21 days of uh, prayer and fasting, I've been doing a devotional about fasting. And God reminded me of one of the devotionals. I don't remember which day it was. But I'm going to read the scripture one more time, then I'm going to share the devotional. It's real short. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Okay, so the devotional was a woman, a mother, and her daughter was in a grocery store. She was shopping. And she was looking around for things. And she looked around. And she noticed, oh, no, my daughter's not here. I don't know where she's at. I don't know about you, but that's kind of crazy when you don't know where your kid's at. And so you start panicking, right? Oh, no, where are they at? And then she she called out to her daughter, daughter, daughter. And then her daughter said, mother, mother. And her mother didn't do. Who said that? No, her mother heard her voice and was able to find her, was able to find her. And on the flip side of that, the daughter heard her mother call back and was able to go to her. Sorry about that. Was able to to go to her and follow her. Now the point of that is Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. If Jesus is calling out to you, are you able to hear him? And when you call out to Jesus, Jesus is going to come find you. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen and twenty says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world for himself not inputting their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now and then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Church, it is our job to win souls, make disciples, destroy the works of the devil, and to reconcile souls, each of us, to God, back to the Father, right? In the Garden of Eden, they were walking with God, and then the first sin happened, and they were departed from God. Our job as a church is to reconcile to God, and that's going to take courage. That's going to take conviction. That's going to take us walking in our calling. Now let's listen to what Paul how Paul encourages the, uh, the, uh, the Corinthians believers to fulfill God's calling on their lives. 1 okay? Corinthians chapter 7, verse 20-24. to 24. Now let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can be made free, rather use it. For he who is, who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price; do not become slaves of men, brethren. Let each one remain in what God, with, remain with God in the state in which he was called. Okay, so I've done some study on this, and what Paul was saying here is. It doesn't matter where you're at when you're saved. you you were called, right? And wherever you're at in your season of life, you can use that. You're called in that place for a reason at that time, at that purpose, right? So don't as Christians we just gonna be like, well, if I'm if, if if I get this job, then I can start doing God's work. If I go here, if I live in this state, I can start doing God's work. If I if I if I if I if I then I can. No. Our job as Christians is, hey, I am called by God. How can I use the, my calling in this situation at this appointing time to reach the gospel to the world? Amen. That is what Paul is saying here. Whether you're a slave, whether you're whether you're whatever your, opera, uh, uh, your job is, pray and find what you're calling and how you can use your calling to reach the world. Right? So every believer, the next point is is uh, called to a full-time ministry. Full-time, not part-time, full-time. Your life is your mission field. You were called to be the best, you fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. You were called to be the best, whatever it is, in your mountain of influence. We rebuild the walls and stand in the gap when we follow Jesus and represent Him in our daily lives. Your life is a mission field. Your life is the mission field, right? You have the influence in your life. Now imagine this. I just want you to just just picture this. Imagine if every one of us in our individual lives represent Christ and we're fulfilling our calling and how many people we can influence in our individual lives individually. And then imagine we come together as a church, as a body, and then we influence the people. (laughs) Again, run, devil, run. Because there ain't no stopping that. Mm. This is how the light of Christ pierces the darkness. Jesus redeems our lives and gives us a holy calling. And based, not based upon our works, but according to His purpose. His grace, which was given to us before we were born. Now let's listen to what God has to say to Jeremiah here, okay? Jeremiah chapter one verse four through five. The Lord God gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So God is next point, God is calling uh, God's calling is universal and unique. You have a unique gift and grace mix that enables you to represent Jesus in a powerful way. So here in this scripture, like Jeremiah, God knew who we were before we was even born. He knitted us together. He formed us before we was even born. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the only you that you can be, so be you. I'm going to say that again. You are the only you that you can be, so be you. Okay? So what we need to do as people, we, we, we have limits, right? We have weaknesses and limits. But we also have something called strengths or calling. Stop focusing on our limits and limitations because they don't limit us. If we focus on that, then we're going to be climbing the wrong ladder, right? We're going to try to, oh, I need to do this and this because I'm not good at it. But we need to start focusing on what we're good at and our calling and start walking in that. And then you don't have to worry about being limited. Because I know one thing, I serve a God who has no limits. He called me. Like I said, I introduced myself as a nobody. He called a nobody to be right here in Holly Pond on um, whatever today's date is, the 20, the 21st, right, or whatever date it is, to speak in front of you. Right, a nobody who uh, sometimes when I when I try to explain things normally, when I try to talk normally, sometimes I, uh, I don't speak clearly. But guess what? He called me to send a message to you guys, and that's part of my calling is to speak truth, to love you guys. And I said yes, and here I am. If he can do that for me, he can do that for you and whatever calling you have. So we excel when we operate with the boundaries and the gifts and grace God has given us. Your gifts enable you to bring the excellence of God and empowers you to to thrive when others have a hard time surviving. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Next point. The fivefold ministry gifts are intended to build up the church and to equip believers to fulfill their calling as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Jesus builds the church so He can advance the kingdom of God. A strong church... Great strong influence. If, if, if there's a strong, if there's a church that has great influence for righteousness, so there are churches out there that has great influence, but it's not for righteousness. So I want to be clear there: a strong church that has great righteous influence, you know they're doing something right. You know the body is in their calling, right? But a uh, weak church equals weak influence. The condition of the church determines the condition. of Of the nation, going back to the scripture, our foundational scripture, right? We can't depend on the government. We can't depend on authorities. We can't depend on people of power here on earth because they're human. They they fall short. We, as the church, depend on a divine, holy, righteous power, and that is God Almighty, the Alpha, the Omega, the I Am, right? That's who we depend on. And when we depend on that as a body and we walk into our calling and we have that influence, that's what shapes the nation. That's what builds up the nation for righteousness. This is why Scripture says judgment must begin at the house of God. God's going to look at us, the church. Right? Judgment begins with us. If we're doing our job, then we're going to start building the walls. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28. Jesus came and told his disciples... Verse 18 through 20. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So the phrase, go and make disciples, literally reads, as you go, make disciples, As you go home to the work, the ball game, wherever you may be, make disciples. God's used me a couple of times at a grocery store. I know this is like the second time I said grocery store, but Walmart. The lines can be crazy, okay? The lines can be crazy. And if we're not careful, we can be like, I got to hurry, I got to hurry, I got to hurry. And we miss the opportunity that God's put us there in that time and place, right? Our calling is to reach. Uh, uh, is to make disciples of the nations, right? And we need to look for the opportunities, okay? Oh, we're in line. I see this. Oh, okay, I'm going to try to start a conversation that the Holy Spirit prompts you to, right? If we focus on the calling of God, but if we're focusing on other things, we miss that. we focus on the calling of God, you can talk to that person, and that person, you, you don't know. They could, be, they could be going through crazy stuff, and then they can come to church that week, and they can be saved, and then their whole family gets saved. Or you talk to that person, they go to church, they get saved, they become the next field of ground. Or they get saved right there and become the next field of ground. You do not know God's plan. Our job is to be obedient and to fulfill and, and walk in the calling of God. So why calling? Because... The last point. Why call him? Because it's our calling that empowers us to stay the course and to do what really matters, even when it's hard. We need courage, right? We need the righteous conviction and we need the calling to rebuild the walls and stand in the gap. Who's here going to stand in the gap? Who's here ready to build the walls up? Right here in Holly Pond, Alabama, in Arab, Alabama. We start here in our community, right? Yeah, he's got it. He's, yeah. We should all be inside right here. This is the message of hope and encouragement and challenge. That should excite us. Yeah. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word, I want you to get what he's saying, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire. shut up my bones. He's saying, I will not make mention of God. I will not say this, but his word is burning. I see there's a lost and hurting world out there, and his word is burning within me, and I have to share his gospel. Uh, But I was weary and holding back, and I could not hold. I could not stop from speaking and standing up in uh, in the gap. I could not stop myself from doing that. But do you know why? We are called to be the hope dealers. We are called to reach the world, Right. We can't just say, oh, God's just going to do it, which well, He will. He uses us. God chose to use us in our individual lives and together as a body, the church. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I'm, what I'm going to do here, and it's going to take courage, conviction in our calling. We're going to enter into a time of, 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 of prayer in a second. I'm going to give an opportunity tonight, or not tonight, today. So if every head bow, eyes closed. If you're here in the sanctuary or online, I don't want to leave a service without opportunity to first follow Jesus. That's the first step. Acknowledging and following Jesus. If you're here in the sanctuary and you haven't taken that first step to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to, every head bow and eyes closed, just reach your hand up and say, I choose to follow Jesus. If it's you online, just do a thumbs up. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me, for I am a sinner. Lord God, I choose to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day and I and I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, now if you're still here, I still want you to remain in a place of, of prayer. If you're here and maybe you feel challenged or maybe you feel like you haven't stepped into that courage or conviction or calling I'm just going to say a prayer over you okay? and after service me, Pastor Keith we'll be back there at the orange table if you want to talk to us we're we're available and maybe you don't do it here this morning, that's fine you have an opportunity on the way home you have an opportunity tonight when we come together as a body, and we dive deep into our relationship with Christ. You have that opportunity. So I'm just going to say a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. My prayer and hope today is that we are challenged. We have the courage, Lord, that we step into the courage, and we have the righteous conviction to step into our calling, Lord. That is is our prayer here at Liberty Church. Not just so that we can grow the church. Not just so that we can impact the lives of of the church, but so that we can impact the lives of the community. And so that the community can impact the the lives of the city. So the city can impact the lives of the county. And the county can impact the lives of of the state. And the state can impact the lives of other states, and the states and the states, and and then the nations. That is our hope and prayer. It all starts with us. And we recognize that. So, Lord, I accept the challenge, and I pray the congregation accepts as well. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, you are dismissed.